Before we start the show, we wanted to share our praise report. Yes, Jesus has been nominated for a GLAAD Media Award. This is the first time GLAAD has honored an outstanding podcast, and we are humbled and honored to be included in that list. This nomination means more people will be listening, so hello, new listeners. We are glad you're here. We pour our heart and soul into this podcast, and any help and support you can provide really makes a difference. If you are a GLAAD Media Award eligible voter, please consider Yes Jesus. And if you aren't, now's a great time to share the podcast with a friend. Thanks to GLAAD for nominating us, and thank you, our listeners, for making this pod into a family. Now, on to the show. Kings and queens and in between sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another Tiki Tucky episode of Yas Jesus. I'm Daniel Francesi, and as always, I'm here with my Tiki Tucky friend. I don't know how to call you. Friend with the tick, Azariah Southward. <laughs> the tick to yeah, my talk. There we go. Don't worry, because here at Yas Jesus, we believe affirming family members make you into good queer people, but non-affirming family members can turn you into good queer activists. Well, we love our family, but some members sometimes mm-hmm. make it difficult. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute right after Queer Christian News. Today, Queer Christian News is directly related to this whole episode. We'll introduce oh. the news here, but then we're going to get so much more information and backstory during the gospel segment of the show. So stick around. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? You know that's from Azzy? No, I don't. Jesus Christ, superstar. Oh, okay. Okay. See? Well, now you we know. Need to watch we got to get you into that one. Yes. I think you'll like it. Something tells me you'll like it. <laughs> Red, green, orange. Wait, okay. All right. Well, no, that's Joseph. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, queer Christian news. Here we are. When the respect for marriage was making its way through Congress, one House floor speech went viral. And you might have heard it. That was of Missouri Representative Vicki Hartzler, who you probably saw crying while she pleaded with her colleagues to vote no and deny same-sex couples protection. I hope and pray that my colleagues will find the courage to join me in opposing this misguided and this dangerous bill that was a little that was a little much but go ahead (laughs) yeah she she had the televangelist tears there well her nephew andrew hartzler saw the video as many of us did and posted his own tiktok video that responded directly and lovingly might i add to some of the misinformation his aunt was sharing on the house floor and then andrew went viral here take a listen aunt vicky that's not right Institutions of faith like religious universities are not being silenced. They're being empowered by the U.S. government to discriminate against tens of thousands of LGBTQ students because of religious exemptions, but they still receive federal funding. It's more like you want the power to force your religious beliefs onto everyone else. And because you don't have that power, you feel like you're being silenced, but you're not. You're just going to have to learn to coexist with all of us. And I'm sure it's not that hard. Sweet, but perfect. You know, like, said it right. Said it right and kept it tight. And I like it. Well, the (laughs) Respect for Marriage Act did pass through Congress and President Biden signed into law. Praise the Lord. Thanks, Papa Biden. (laughs) And Andrew was even invited to the White House to witness the signing ceremony. So that's pretty dope. 
That's incredible. It really is. He got lots of media attention and ended up doing interviews and being covered by NBC News, CNN, The Guardian, People Magazine, MSNBC, BuzzFeed, Business Insider, Telemundo, and The Advocates. All the big hits. So that's the queer Christian news. But the exciting part is that we have Andrew Hartzler here with us today. We're going to get so much more of his story. But first, we want to share the prayer and praise report from our listeners. So this is the part of the show where if you have a little something extra that you need prayer for, something that's been weighing on your heart this week, just send it to us and we'll pray and have our Yash Jesuits pray along with us for you and your issue. And if you have a praise report, something that's just so amazing, you can't take it. You got to scream it from the mountaintops. Well, then you let us know and we'll hallelujah along with you. Uh, But we're going to start getting into prayer. We're going to start for some needs out here, Azzy, with our prayer requests. Yeah, this prayer request comes to us from Amy. She needs some healing, and we believe in a God of miracles that Mm -hmm. did miracles yesterday, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so God is still doing miracles. So Amy is asking that we pray for her asthma. It's been acting up over the last four weeks, and this week she keeps losing her voice every night from coughing. Oh, that is so horrible. We will definitely have you tried Manuka honey? I gotta uh, swear by some Manuka honey. Danny swears by it, and honey. I will swear by it because of him. As a person who is like an actor, singer, performer, um, whenever <laughs> I a podcaster, a talker, um <laughs> woke cunning whining. linguist, uh whenever <laughs> I have an issue uh with my voice or my um yeah, throat or whatever, Manuka honey ends up always doing the trick it's one spoonful a day mm-hmm. but you have to finish the jar and by the time you finish the jar you should be finished from your cold uh but asthma is a whole different story it does soothe and it does help and heal um but so does prayer and we are definitely going to add you to our prayers amy we mm-hmm. hope you feel better uh we also have a praise report azzy mm. this is from shavela what's okay? the name shavela and shavela says i am incredibly grateful we love gratitude here i am incredibly grateful for worship leaders at my church who are taking growth and discipleship however god calls them to it really seriously Mm -hmm. and mary bill and tammy we say hallelujah to you this week and give you your flowers uh thank you for being amazing worship leaders for shavela and uh, taking it seriously, you know, sometimes, yes. like we say, it's it, it's itchy. It's an itch you got to scratch when God gives you a calling. But Anne, Mary, Bill, and Tammy, uh, and God bless a, you. And there's we, a bomb from Gilead for that itch. <laughs> Would you say? There's a bomb from Gilead for that itch. <laughs> oh, yes. There's definitely a bomb for that. And, you know, do you know what bombs my soul? The scripture what? of the day. I'll be right back after this. Yes. That. Oh, I got you, Azzy. I got you that time. <laughs> you were like, I want to jar whatever he's going to say. <laughs> And now it's time for a big jar of the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Rub it on your wounds. It's soul food. Oh, that's so good. It's a bomb. It's a bomb. Mm. This comes to us from Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. All right, we are now at the gospel portion of our show where we get to introduce our special guest, the subject of our gay Christian news segment, Andrew Hartzler. Welcome, Andrew. Hi. So good to have you here. I'm glad you're with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, the first thing our listeners should know is that you are part of the lawsuit 
brought forward by the Religious Exemption Accountability Project, also known as REAP, which we love here at Yes Jesus. And we've had them on our show, and we've talked about many aspects of their campaign in the past. Um, do you want to share a little bit about what you do with REAP and how you got involved? Yeah. Um, so I got involved with REAP a few months after I graduated from Oral Roberts University, where I went to college, which was probably like July of 2021, so last summer. And basically, I am a plaintiff in their class action lawsuit. And together with, I believe it's 44 total plaintiffs, um, we're advocating for equal rights for all students at all universities, um, especially religious institutions where the federal government is providing funding and gay students or, or like queer students are being subjected to conversion therapy type practices like I was at ORU and they're being expelled, they're being denied admission and they're being discriminated against and the government's funding it, which needs to stop. Yeah. And, and that's the issue is that our tax dollars, public money is going into these institutions and they don't allow gay people to gather, LGBTQ students to gather, to have to be recognized on campus. They, like you said, are subjecting them to conversion therapy. And if you want to do that, don't use my tax dollars for it and find your way of funding it on your own. So I love that you're doing that work. But it was through REAP that you got a lot of attention because of your aunt is Representative Vicki Hartzler. And she is, or was by the time this airs, a U.S. representative from Missouri. And she's no ally, is she now? <laughs> As we've seen from the infamous video. <laughs> yeah, she is not a friend of the queers. Yeah. It sounds like you come from a religious family. What denomination uh, is your family a part of, or is it kind of mixed? So, like, when I was very young, me, my family, and my aunt's family, and my grandparent, or like my grandma and grandpa, we all went to the same church, which was originally like a Mennonite church, because um, like my grandma has Mennonite background. Ultimately, like the church that we went to, it used to be called Harrisonville Mennonite Church or something, and then it changed its name because the Mennonites had a, a view that they disagreed with. But I would say that my family is very evangelical, like they believe in, like there was lots of um, like speaking in tongues and prophecy. Um, I like went to International House of Prayer. Oh, when funny. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike Bickle and Lou Engle, those queens? Yeah. yeah Ooh, what did they call themselves? The Sons of Thunder or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Or like the souls of fire no i that's over yeah. you they I have like a little something there's like i feel like there's like an internal club within ihop or something that i i've i've gone to see lou ingle speak before and he's referenced the sons of thunder like as if it's like an internal group like exclusive once like you're i don't know i i mm, may not like know a hierarchy about, i just remember yeah, like Weird. if you're part of IHOP and you're really here and dedicated, you know, um, you are part of the Sons of Thunders. And it was like a privilege to be a part of. But mm. so that's fascinating that that's so it's no surprise to me because that's I grew up in that world as well. It's no surprise to me that your Aunt Vicky has those convictions 
um, that she has, would you say that they're genuine convictions or that they are something that she's been lobbied to believe in? Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Because most of the time when someone is very strongly believing a certain way, it's because they have personal ties or like something happened in their past, or usually it's equated to trauma of some kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it made sense. I actually wrote a paper on my aunt for like my like AP lit class. Um, (laughs) And like in high school. And it was about how like my aunt, basically it was like a story on like her life, but she's also like a huge advocate of like anti-choice. So like that is related to, she like tried for a very long time to have children and she ultimately like adopted. So like that kind of made sense with that connection. But as far as her queer ideas which stem from hate of some sort i i don't know what the connection is to answer well in your interviews i've heard you say reference a lot that people like your aunt have weaponized their faith and 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 it's true and it's something that you know i think they they are a victim of to some degree right they have been indoctrinated just as much as you and i were to we were indoctrinated to believe a certain way about who we are and it took us a while to accept that, right? But there there are also politicians that are lobbied to believe the way that they believe. And so that's that's where my question was coming from. You, you come from a faith background, you know, it sounds like evangelical, full gospel, spirit-filled, honey, charismatic. And so I, the, when I watched your, your aunt's video, I was like, she sounds like one of my family members, you know, and and it comes from that religious conviction from the theologians who have weaponized the faith. But I don't I don't want to spend too much time focusing on your aunt because we have you here. But I want to ask, you know, you come from that background. And what you shared with me before we started recording was, you know, when you went to Oro, you you weren't out yourself. You were still learning how to, I guess, unlearn that bad theology, that toxic theology that your aunt still holds, it sounds like. Um, so what was the the starting point for you to unlearning that? That was honestly pretty difficult, and it was definitely a journey. I think I was fortunate enough to begin that journey at a young age. Fortunate, but also kind of by force. So like when I was 14, I was forced into conversion therapy, and that was something that I like genuinely tried to like partake in and like believe what they were pushing at me, which was basically like a constant suppression of your sexuality and if you're having a lot of like attractions towards men that day then that means that you need to spend more time like in the word Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was something that didn't last long like a month or two and as far as like me trying because ultimately it just it's so deteriorating like to my mind what was the thing that helped you unlearn that toxic theology? It was a long process. And I like to say that it's completely finished. But it was also like a back and forth, like a little bit of a roller coaster ride, because like going into conversion therapy, I tried to submit to that like toxic mindset that being gay is inherently wrong. Um, And then realizing that that 
was not going to be a very long life if I continued in that mindset. That mm-hmm. was probably like the biggest thing that led me away from that was just the more I tried to suppress myself and believe what I was being told that being gay was wrong and that I had to change myself. It just made me depressed and like ultimately like suicidal. And Mm -hmm. I was like, if I want to survive, if I want to live, I'm going to have to be my authentic self and just go against what my parents expected of me and what they hoped for me. It's definitely a, a journey. You said what's expected and what's like hoped of you. So let, let's get into the the incident. Your aunt went viral because during the floor debate about the respect for marriage, act, she started to cry and that got a lot of attention. And then you posted a video letting people know that you were her nephew and you were gay and she said a lot of misinformation. So what made you think that you needed to, to share a video? Like what was the pull for you? That video came out on Thursday of last week and I waited or yeah. And I waited until the next day just because originally I didn't think that it was something I needed to get involved in, but I felt like I was complicit if I didn't say anything because like she represents, like she, I share the same last name with her and it's disappointing to me when someone Googles my aunt's name, it's comes up with, this like homophobic response. But now if you Google my aunt's Mm. name, you like see what I've said about her and what she was saying on the house floor has real world effects. And Mm -hmm. in Tulsa where I live two days ago, there was a drag Christmas party and it was like protesters like bombarded it and like there was a bomb threat. So like that I would say is directly related to that type of speech that my aunt gave, which at its surface doesn't seem hateful, but when you portray an entire class of people as a threat to like her religion, then it basically like what she was doing, weaponizing her religion, it gives people an excuse and like a motive for attacking LGBTQ people. When you came out to her, did you expect that to maybe change her view or like make it like, uh, cause I know that you had said that she had a long history of saying stuff like this against the LGBTQ community. So you, you must've been aware of that when you came out to her, correct? Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. did you think that that maybe you could help like change her mind or her heart if she knew that, you know, like I'm your nephew, you love me. Like, <laughs> did you think that would move her? I mean, there's always like the hope that it would. Right. But ultimately, I didn't get my hopes up too high because I knew her history. Right. Uh, But when I saw that in in July, when they first voted on, like, the Respect for Marriage Act in Congress, I think it was, like, the vote to, like, start talking about it or something. But I saw on the roll call that my aunt had abstained from voting because I knew that she was in D.C. at the time. So I was like, oh, she didn't vote because of me. She thought of me. And then she invited me to Thanksgiving, which she told my mother like, oh, we're hosting Thanksgiving this year. And just make sure Andrew knows that he's invited too, which like, I don't know. So whenever I woke up and saw her video on the house floor, it really took me by surprise, I would say, because there were uh, like 169 members of Republicans who voted no on the Respect for Marriage Act, but 
like my aunt could have just voted no. She didn't have to like get up on the house floor yeah. and make that speech. So it was kind of taken as an insult to me. Just like she, she knows that she has a gay nephew. Like she has to realize how like hurtful and let alone harmful doing that. I have to tell you, if I could free you of any of your hurt, I really think that it is the the gay Christian's job to like save the soul of like our elders who just are misguided, you know, from a lot of like hyperbole, a lot of stuff that they saw on television, a lot of purity culture, a lot of like misinformation. And like, we're the ones we're from the information age. We're like the queers that know everything. We're like the creatives. We, we're the, we're the woke and we could kind of come up with a way to maybe hopefully we can come up with a way to change them. You know, I, I mean, I've seen people in my family go from, you know, just throwing the F word around or saying that's okay or whatever, or saying things about certain people to completely changing around and being accepting of me in my lifetime. I didn't think it could happen. And I just want to give you hope that like, you like maybe it was, you maybe you were the reason she didn't vote and you doing stuff like this is miraculous. It is the work of God for you to do stuff like this, to be able to heal her. You want to save her just like she's crying on the floor. Like, like, honestly, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know what praying on your knees to God for her could do and open up for gay people because you, you have this spirit, you have this amazing thing. I'm so impressed by like what it was that you did, the bravery that that took to come out to her in February, the bravery it took to come out to her again and stand up again and continue to just sing. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's just um, that's the kind of stuff that heals stuff, not what she's trying to do. And she's misguided. She doesn't know any better. Yeah. And and it, I think it's so important to really recognize that, like you said, the words that she used on the surface seem gentle. But really, when you get down to it, it's violent because the people that are making these bomb threats, the people that are protesting these wonderful drag shows that they're missing out on. Your aunt's message isn't the first thing that they heard. They're also receiving the letters asking, you know, like, I remember my dad used to get these letters from the Family Research Council that said, what do you think about homosexuality? It's like these surveys, you know, that kind of rile <laughs> up the base, you know? And and so the people... money anyway. So the people that are hearing your aunt's message are also being informed in the background on in all these other ways with all these other messages and and so sometimes it's what's the, what's the expression it's the canary in the cave the bird in the cave what it, mm-hmm. do you know what i'm talking about there's an expression well a canary in a cave is like when a canary smells gas it dies so then everyone knows that there's oh, a gas okay. leak maybe and it's they not leave. the expression i'm thinking of but it's like the- <laughs> it's, it's 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 sometimes it's just those the, the words like and it's dangerous you know like that can set the, that one person off the extremists off to take an action you know and so that's why we can't talk about people in that way it's just not the godly way. But regardless, your your aunt's video went viral. And then you made your video that also went viral. And I'm glad that there's that your message out there right next to it. Um, but did you have any idea that your message was going to blow up in, in such a big way? I was actually thinking about this like last night. I was like, why did I make this video? Like so much has happened as a result of it. You so went to the White like, House. Thinking back, <laughs> literally, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. wow, like. Yeah, I was just thinking like how like one action can lead to like so many things and oh like CNN, MSNBC, all these outlets, the the White House to witness President Biden sign the Respect for Marriage Act into law. What's that like? That was amazing. It was honestly a very like emotional experience for me 
the White House did a wonderful job of like setting up the event and they had like a few music sets and like the it was all slow, like sad songs, like moody Sam songs. Sam Smith performed. So, yeah. And <laughs> I was like, I was weeping um, <laughs> during it. And a part of that was because in front of me was a couple and they had been married for like 20 plus years. And when we like first got there and it was like, we were standing, waiting for the event to begin. We were talking and then like in front of them was like a little folding chair that someone had given them and their mo- one of their mothers was sitting down um, oh. and they introduced me to their mother and she was like super sweet. But it just, it was like, wow, the thought of like having my mother there or that mm-hmm. is something that I couldn't imagine. And it was this idea that so many LGBTQ people in America will have parents that will disconnect from them or won't want anything to do with them. So like the idea of a parent or a parent figure coming to the White House with you to witness this being signed into law, like that's crazy. Just to give you a quick story about my past, like after conversion therapy, my conversion therapist told me to tell my mom that it was her fault that I was having these bisexual feelings, even though I was purely gay. And that's how I came out to her. I told her it was her fault. And my mom, who's always been so supportive, let me wear Care Bear skates when I was little, all this other stuff, fought tooth and nail and mama bear for me was really hurt. And we didn't, it was the only time we never spoke. We didn't speak for like two months. And it was like a hard time. And I remember when I finally did start speaking to her again, talking to her about what I saw in the gay clubs. I saw this Bette Midler impersonator and I was like, she's so amazing, mom. You would like actually really like this show. Like, and she was like, don't you think that's not of the Lord? Like, don't you think it's like Sodom and Gomorrah, like seeing all those men kissing in there, you know, and doing all this thing. And at the time, my mom was in an interracial relationship, but hiding it from my family. And I said, would you rather me be like you and hide my lover from my family? And my mom was like, whoa. And she was like, you know what? You taught me. She's like, I understand now. Cut to. Now it's like eight years later. And my mom's like, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. And like screaming on the Virgin America float in like the San Francisco Pride Parade, you know? (laughs) Or we were at the DC Pride Parade. And the Marriage Equality Act came through. And we watched a couple get married right in front of our eyes. Ross Matthews um, officiated a wedding. Like, you won't believe that. Just have faith, man, because like God will give you it all. Like, like uh, truly, like they're they're so misguided, and I feel so bad uh, for that generation who got lied to by by media and television and the AIDS crisis, the scare of the AIDS crisis, and all these other things that they had lived through and survived through that made them have these thoughts in their head and fear for your life when you are living the life you're meant to live. Yeah, that's funny you say the like the AIDS crisis. When I was 14 and came out to my parents, like my mom's literal first response was, "Sweetie, no, no, no. That's how you'll get AIDS and die." Yeah, that's ignorance because that's what they were told. You know, they were fearful. They were taught to be fearful of us. They, that you couldn't touch us or be in the same room as us. We we got fired. We got kicked out of our apartment buildings and, and our leases broken. We got deals turned away, you know. There's a long history that comes before where queer people are at today where at 14 you're able to to at least try to say something to your parents. I, I couldn't even imagine that at 14 like what the climate was like when I was. I'm just saying, like, I see so much hope in you, so much hope in, like, in the stuff that's happening right now with queer people that are facing their families and facing these challenges, but still keeping, 
you were smiling in that whole video. You kept the spirit of God in that whole video. You never once got angry, like, and it was so tender. And I'm just proud of you. And I think that, like, um, this is just such an, an incredible, awesome thing to do. Thank Andrew, you. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but um, we're kind of gay. And yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like a, a gay podcast. Um, Some would say too gay to function. <laughs> and I just want to know, the, the queens need to know, darling. The court needs to know. What did you wear to the White House? Yes, what did you wear? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, so I wore a suit that I hadn't worn since like my sophomore year of college, just because I... I used to work at J Crew, so I bought this suit at J Crew back when I went there. And originally, like I was wearing just a puffer jacket, and mm-hmm. then I got to DC. And as I was looking around at people walking on the street, I was like, I can't wear this. I need to get like an <laughs> overcoat. I need something. So, I, my friend Josiah that I was with, I was like, we need to go to H and M right now. <laughs> so, like, we go to H and M and find like a coat and a frantic, and yeah, that's nice. what I wore. It, nice. I, oh, I saw the pictures. You look sharp. So thank they you. worked, honey. Thank you. you were working it. <laughs> nice. Azariah on the queer fashion report. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the important cutting news. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I noticed in all the interviews, you talk about your role with Reap. We love Reap here uh, so much. Yeah. And uh, you always brought the interview back to the experience that you had at Oral Roberts University. Uh, one thing that your aunt said in her floor speech was that the Respect for Marriage Act would tell people to submit to our ideology or be silenced. Uh-huh. But I imagine that's what your experience was like at the Oral Roberts University. <laughs> yeah, there are so many like contradictions in what my aunt said. Like especially with that, it's, mm-hmm. it was like, no, that's what you're telling us, not mm-hmm. what we're telling you. But I remember one time I was in chapel and which was required at Oral Roberts University and Billy Wilson, the president of the university said, if any of you are like struggling with sexual issues, just raise your hand right now and and we'll come to you and we'll pray with you. And Easy. It's like, wait. <laughs> Record you your get... name and email. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, with every eye closed, like head bowed, raise your hand. Um, Oh, God. And what's funny, if you like go online and watch the, the video of the like the chapel recording, the, the camera like pans to the audience and you like see everyone who's raising their hand, which right. that's weird. But I remember thinking like, okay, if like who's gonna raise their hand and then be basically told, okay, you need to go to accountability meetings, you need to make mm-hmm. sure that you're like they're going to be watching you. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's very much like submit or be expelled. And that has a lot of negative effects on one's mental health, being told that they need to change. Um, Uh, We had an experience with Walsh University. Like I was fired from Walsh University, like the day that the Vatican said that they weren't going to rep gay marriage anymore for hosting one of their pageants, which is like neither here nor there. That's like the whole BS part of the story. The real part is that this gave the students an opportunity to like talk back about how mistreated they were at this uh, Catholic university and how for nine years they've been trying to like get a safe space that they could just meet. Um, They're not allowed to put gay in any emails that come from the school or write anything LGBTQ or hang pride flags on their doors. And it's just like a a situation that's like super uh, volatile, but um, it it takes a lot of courage to stand up to that. Yeah. Earl Roberts university is so far away from 
the idea of putting pride flags somewhere, I feel unfortunately Ori's like light years away from that. Like they really at the are. time when I was there, even like bringing up the idea of, or like saying that you were gay was risky. Even like saying gay to that you were gay to like people who are also gay on campus, you didn't know like if they were going to report you or some crazy experiences there. Like a lot of the um, like gay students that I knew there were actually chaplains. <laughs> like because each floor has like a chaplain and an ra mm-hmm. and a lot of the chaplains were gay which tracks on which par tracks, yeah. it's on par <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if like oh god i like i told you earlier andrew like just for the title honey in the sash <laughs> <laughs> miss chaplain at large <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like I was telling you earlier, Andrew, like uh, my sister went to Oral Roberts University. I grew up visiting every summer and going to tapings for the Hour of Healing. And at the Hour of Healing, they have singers and there's a, a whole group of singers at Oral Roberts. They have a name. It's been a while. Maybe they disbanded. I don't, I'm not sure, but there's definitely some family members in that choir. Um, Isn't but- it the Oral Roberts Oralers? <laughs> That was it. Oh my God. <laughs> or the Oris. It's like chorus, but the CH is silent. <laughs> the oral experts. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> sure. Sure. We'll go there. <laughs> well, through all of this, the Reap lawsuit and the TikTok videos, have you had any personal contact with your aunt since all of this? I have not. Okay. But I, I might be going home for Christmas next week. Mm-hmm. And... Like I, I live next door to my aunt, or like my parents live next door to my aunt. So oh wow! I'll definitely see her, which I'm excited about. I'm. I wasn't going to call her this week or like reach out to her. I kind of was expecting her to reach out to me, but I don't know. I felt like if I called her this week, she would just assume that it was a ploy to report back to the press on what was mm. going on. Which that's. Like, I still value my relationship with her. I just kind of want to see where she's at. And hopefully, like, she's read a few of my articles or, like, yeah. read the op-ed that just came out in Kansas City. And she's learned something. That would be that would be great. Yeah. 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 I suggest an edible arrangement. I don't know if they have one for this occasion. But, you know, <laughs> um, the general, sorry I blew up your spot with truth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bouquet usually works sorry i brought jesus <laughs> to the party <laughs> with, the, with the truth with the tea uh it takes a lot of courage to stand up to non-affirming family members privately but especially in a public way you probably have people telling you not to rock the boat or that you shouldn't do it like did did you i mean did you just do it or did you like throw run it by some people first or did you just do it? And then if you, and, and if you just did it, like did, did people just call you right away and be like, why did you do that? I had like for a long time, always like brought it up with my parents and they would adamantly tell me not to like, don't get involved. Don't, especially when she was running for Senate and she had the Senate bid. Um, that was, something that my parents would often say, like, don't threaten that by any means. But I didn't think before I made the TikTok. Um, well, I definitely did, like, think about things, but I didn't ask permission. I felt like I didn't need permission. Yeah. You know, can post on TikTok. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But I read a comment 
yesterday or the day before from someone, forget where it was, but they said, like, how are you any better than your aunt? You're, you're talking against your family members. You guys are one and the same. And that, that didn't track with me, but definitely been a lot of feedback, overwhelmingly positive, I would say. Um, But with everything that's good, uh, especially because you took the classy road, like just keeping it cute and smiley and like not going in, you know what I mean? But being, you could tell that you were serious. You weren't making light of it. You know, Mm -hmm. behind your Mm -hmm. eyes was like a fire, but you were like, I love you. You're my aunt. I'm going to keep this chill right now, but you're wrong. Yeah. And I think that's what made it so really powerful. It's, um, It was cool. Yeah. I would not have been able to handle it with such grace that you did. <laughs> so I just want to give you... Oh, no, no, no. Such... She gets peppered, Andrew. Honey, like, you haven't no, seen Azzy no, no, on no, fire. No. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. from the house of Labesha. <laughs> like, I'm like, Azzy, write it in your notes. I'm like, write it in your notes and let's go over it a couple of times. And he's like, very I that. already sent it. And I'm like, no! Like, it's very that. Like, it's, it's very that. And I recognize it within myself more now than I I have been able to in the past so there's been growth and we're very proud of that growth but honey she still has a ways to go um but for those it, it, he doesn't even mean to do it either He'll, it's always like an around the way kind of slight you know what i mean <laughs> like it's always something crazy like i didn't really mean to scratch into your car but you shouldn't have parked it there like you know it's like <laughs> oh, there's some little thing that you're like well maybe don't say it that way <laughs> yeah it's, it's an area of growth for me for sure um but for those of us who are not as gracious and do, who do have to deal with these non-affirming family members, what what sort of advice do you have um, for them and how they can approach this or, um, or, you know, live with non-affirming members? I think that it's, it's a difficult situation. And I think there's a very fine line as in, like we should feel empowered to educate our family members um, or like if we're like the holidays are coming up, if we're sitting at the table and someone says something that's offensive, they may not realize that it's offensive. They will just say what they've been taught or what they've been indoctrinated to -hmm. believe. So educating them is important, but also like making sure that you're doing it in a safe way where you're not threatening your own safety or like compromising your own protections in that family unit. Um, But also it's, I've had to come to the realization that I can't live my life thinking that it's my responsibility and my purpose to change the views of my parents or my family because like I have to live my life for me and I can't live it to it's not your garden, but you could throw a couple seeds in there. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you got to make sure you're t- you're tending <laughs> your stuff. Your, your, you know, your crops. What your projection of growth is. All of that stuff. It's not you got your own farm going on, but you could always just be like, here's a little wildflowers. Got to go. Have happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's important to say uh, that it's not your responsibility because I know that I took on that responsibility when after I came out, I was like, it is my burden to as i have been you know the 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 blinders have been removed from me i I must help the ones that i love the most as well but sometimes just living your life is as a witness is all you can really do and hope that they they see it and that they come around but 
When all else fails, be an example of love. Because yeah, when someone yeah. looks at you and they say, Andrew is love, then they can't say shit. Because it's like you're just living a life that is just full of love. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the thing that flips them out. They're like, but I love Andrew. He's so funny. So this, he said, they can't, they can't wrap their head around. Why would that person go to hell? And it could be the thing that breaks them out of their spell. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I think um, when I say it's like the duty or the journey or the mission, when God asks you to do something, it's annoying sometimes. Like you're like, oh, we talk about all the time what a burden it is to have a calling. But for people out there that are listening, they're dealing with that, that you're around non-affirming members. Like if all else fails, be an example of love. But if you can drop a little seed in there, if you can like let them know. You know, like today I was just, you know, sitting around with my mom and her friends. They're just older. They don't know. And they were speaking in unaffirming ways, but they were like, oh, yeah, he was, he's going to trans. Like trying to, <laughs> yeah, using yeah, trans yeah. as like a yeah, verb. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was cute and endearing, but I was like, well, it's transition. And, you know, and, and, and now you would call her she, you know, all just these kind of questions and trying to just help them. And they really were so affirming, but couldn't grasp. Sometimes it's just, you know, teaching an old dog new tricks. And I don't believe in the old adage that you can't do that. I think that you can with, with love and with God's grace and with mm-hmm. the poise and genuine fellowship, and the absolute, the, honestly, the poise, the calmness. And the precision of Andrew Hartzler taking care of the wheel. Like, <laughs> the, like, I just wish I had that many teeth in my mouth to just smile at people and be like, you're, you're full of crap. Like, but make it come across great. I don't know. Um, it was wonderful. I really want to thank you for standing up for the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Even when it is so personal, it isn't your family. It's with your next door neighbor slash aunt. <laughs> like, it's a lot. I think your witness is needed, though, in this world. We can't let voices like hers on a microphone be the only ones that are out there and being heard Mm -hmm. so thank you for coming on to our microphone and letting our and letting our yash jesuits know what's up because you're inspiring thank you thank you i think that with family in general if anyone has the ability to change someone's views someone's views it's like those closest to them but like i have tried to tell my parents and my aunt why it's important to accept us and I can't keep trying. When you say you try, okay, I want you to think of it as like a drop of water on the side of a mountain. Like you want to move the mountain, but you're just a drop of water, but you never know when the drop of water over years in time ends up becoming a mudslide, ends up becoming an avalanche, (laughs) ends up becoming with the Grand Canyon. Like, so it's really just those subtle things like, and, and I know you got it in you cause you did it so expertly in that video, but like, it's that smile, it's that subtle thing. It's that leading with God's way of saying it. And it's like handling it with grace and taking some of those arrows and inspiring other people to do the same. Because I think really that's the thing that eventually that little drop is going to be a river is going to be a waterfall is going to be a Canyon and is going to break down the mountains that are shading all of us. So I, I'm proud of you. We're proud of you. Thank you for coming on Yes Jesus. We like appreciate Your you. Gay uncles uh, are proud of you, Andrew. So much. <laughs> I so I much. Um, our tithe, love offering, charity, act of good as he is all about Andrew. Yes. Work and, with Reap. Yes, Andrew is part of Reap, the religious exemption accountability project. And they not only have a lawsuit against the US Department of Education for the funding of anti-LGBTQ colleges and univers- universities. They are putting out data, reports, and personal stories like Andrew's so that people know the discrimination and silencing that is happening at these schools who still receive federal funding. 
So yes, Jesuits, please support Reap as much as you can with the donation, with the share, you know, of their information on your social medias. You can find them on Instagram at reap underscore LGBTQ or at thereap.org. And I just think it's funny that in the entire script, the only misspelled word was education. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, just, just point that out. That was fun. Listen, you may have an education, you may have followers, but if your followers are not actively engaging with each other and learning from each other and educating each other and vibing regularly, then guess what? You don't have a community. So can you reach out to us and be part of our community? We just want to know who you are. We want to feel your presence. Oh, that was so great to have Andrew on our show, as he wasn't that. It really was. I enjoyed his presence a lot. And I was so excited words. from the first time I saw that video. I was like, oh, I really would love to talk to the. And then Ross is like, hey, we're talking. About <laughs> I was like, so perfect. I totally answered to our prayer. Freaking Deacon Ross making miracles happen. And, you know, speaking of miracles happening, we do believe in the power of prayer here. And we're going to uh, close out now with our closing prayer. Lord, we are so grateful for you. We are so grateful for having people around us. We're so grateful for Ross, mm-hmm. our freaking deacon, who's so incredible and was able to bring people like Andrew on our show through his work and his mission for you. And we're so grateful for our missions. We're so grateful to be called to a mission. It's so difficult to do things like Andrew did and stand up to a non-affirming family member. We pray for everyone who has non-affirming family members. They could be so hard to deal with at family gatherings and in public spaces. They can make your home feel unsafe. Please, God, put your armor of God on us. Give us a shield of love that protects us from those negative comments, from the homophobic speeches, mm-hmm. and all of the attacks on our heart, our livelihood, and our spirit. Uh, we know that you'll be by our side no matter what. We're never alone when we have you with us, God. We want to give gratitude for people like Andrew Hartzler for joining mm-hmm. us and, and for using his spirit to be his witness and standing up to a powerful aunt. Not only powerful in his home, not only his neighbor, Lord, but someone who works for our country and is so misinformed. And for him to stand up and give the correct record and remind us that LGBTQ people are still under attack. We are so grateful. Yes. And we pray for the healing of Amy and her asthma. Give her lungs the oxygen, the air that they need and let her breathe in your spirit and live fully. We give thanks with Shavela, I love that name, for incredible worship leaders who make our time with God so musical and artistic and brings us into that genuine fellowship through music. So we give thanks for that. And for any opportunity, God, to use your gifts, for the gifts that you've given us, the gifts of voice, the gifts of common sense, the gifts of a loving heart, Mm. the gift of mercy. Yeah. And for us to be able to use those and let the Holy Spirit fill in the words that we don't have when we need them. And anyone out there that is uh, suffering and thinking about what the words are to say, just to live as an example of love. And we pray for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us and for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. Now, if you like the show, please just make a donation through our Buy Us a Coffee button. That's right over there on the webpage. Uh, you just hit it and guess what? Boom, we get a microphone. It's amazing. You know, it's just it's like magic. <laughs> um, also, consider being a monthly sponsor. Then we can finally cut Azzy's toenails. So you can do so and find the link for it in the show notes. So if you haven't yet uh, please leave us a review or share us with a friend doing so helps us reach new people 
keep this show running. That's right. And finally, getting some sort of file to Azzy's ankles. I, I can't. I can't keep buying these sheets. You know, it gets expensive. <laughs> You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yesjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show, so drop us a line or send us a recording on yesjesuspod.com. You got the reference, right? Because my toenails are ruining my sh- the sheets, right? Does that make sense? It, yeah, it's you're not ripping funny yourself. because I have to explain it. it. Here we go. Okay. No, it's horrible. Um, your toenails are like a bag of corn chips. Please send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a, I'm working really hard here to love my family. We would love to hear from you. Buy us a coffee. Azzy needs new shoes. Yas Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Francesi. And as always, my <laughs> the friend. Hang, the hangnail, Azariah Southworth. <laughs> Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray and Meredith Pauly. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And no matter if you need a pedicure or manicure, just remember, God loves you just as you are. So don't forget, as he wears socks. And everyone else, keep praising (laughs) the Lord, y'all.